Welcome to the podcast. We're going to start the show today with a little bit of inspiration from the legend Alan Watts. A person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. By thoughts, I mean specifically chatter in the skull, perpetual and compulsive repetition of words, of reckoning and calculating. I'm not saying that thinking is bad. Like everything else, it's useful in moderation. A good servant, but a bad master. And all so-called civilized peoples have increasingly become crazy and self-destructive because through excessive thinking they have lost touch with reality. That's to say, we confuse signs, words, numbers, symbols and ideas with the real world. Most of us would have rather money than tangible wealth and a great occasion is somehow spoiled for us unless photographed. And to read about it the next day in the newspaper is oddly more fun for us than the original event. This is a disaster. For as a result of confusing the real world of nature with mere signs, such as bank balances and contracts, we are destroying nature. We are so tied up in our minds that we've lost our senses. Time to wake up. What is reality? Obviously, no one can say because it isn't words. It isn't material, that's just an idea. It isn't spiritual, that's also an idea, a symbol. Reality is this. Wow. He's burning He's one. He's burning one. Yeah, you see him with a little roach in his mouth. <laughs> I was about to comment. I love the love the flute, love the, the B-roll footage in this yeah, YouTube dude. video too. Man. Alan Watts, shout out OG baby. Alan Watts reflects on how modern civilized humans have been cut off from direct connection with nature because of the endless chatter of our own minds. The endless chatter of our own minds. We are way too in our heads these days, man. In this universe, yeah, I agree with that. Also, like, turn that off. We're also conditioned to be so, which is the entry point kind of for this conversation, I feel like. Yep, yep. So the angle that I wanted to go for this conversation was how do you deprogram or decondition yourself from all the programming that you grew up, your parents, your school, the way, you know, the education system forms us, the way society and the stuff that's not serving you anymore. Cause it's, it's not like, necessarily, yes. how do you let go of certain things that aren't serving you and mm -hmm. hold on to, cause you can't let go of everything. You have to like the podcast we just did. You have to believe in something, uh, what values are you going to hold on to? Which of those values are imposed on you through some cultural mechanism to sell you something? And which of those values 
which it's almost not even a value at that point. You think that you value, uh, let's say, like buying your wife a diamond ring, you know? Why do you value right. that? Is it because you want to express love to her and you want to buy something expensive and show her that you care? You can do that in a number of ways. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when you break it down. Totally. Well, I think that's kind of the whole point of this conversation too, is just to even bring awareness to some of the ways in which we might be conditioned and just being aware that that's something that can really happen and how much our minds are formed by the things that are going on in our immediate uh, like surroundings. Um, Dude. because if you're not, yeah, what is that? Sound? That fucking windmill out there. I got to close. <laughs> the door. But yeah, keep going. Um, like being aware of the fact that your immediate specific reality is not the full reality in and of itself. Um, and that's kind of like something that we just talked about too. And now I lost my train of thought. What were, what well, was the, when you, come to realize that the way you look at something is not the way it is. Like that can be pretty shit, like like destabilizing. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be like, this is what I believe in. And like these things like ground me, like because I believe in my Christian faith, therefore I act these ways. And then something questions, like if those things come into question, now everything built off of that Mm -hmm. comes into question. Right. So what I want to do is like, make sure the things that I'm building on like are solid. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to decondition in the sense of like, I don't want my values to be informed whatsoever by anything except for what I truly believe in mm-hmm. on a deep level. And I want to be less influenced by the social and cultural and right. consumerist pressures. That's a constant ongoing thing too, you know? And it's like even, even understanding what all of your preconceived programming is and where it came from is also an ongoing constant project too, you know, because then you find yourselves, I mean, you're inevitably going to find yourself in situations pretty consistently that you've never found yourself in before, right? Like where it's time to make decisions uh, after you felt emotions that you have not experienced at certain depths. And then, because life just throws curveballs at you, you know? And so it's like how, like when you're dealing with something like that, some of these things come to the surface of, like, why am I reacting like this? Or why am I so hooked on like this one piece of it? Or why am I even thinking about this whole situation from this place? And then you're like, oh, well, maybe that's because like that's, or like you identify where it came from and you're like, oh, and it's just a really interesting thing to like kind of constantly unpack and unlearn, but also have certain building blocks that are strong and positive and good. So it's like, how do you look at all of the ways in which you are programmed and kind of decide which ones are positive, which ones are negative, which ones to resonate with, which ones exist that you like don't even really know yet how they're affecting the way that you're perceiving the world, but it they just are. So I think right. being aware of it is I gotta a good cut thing. you off, dude. Cut me off. We gotta just take mushrooms and then press record. <laughs> All these problems are solved. All of them, yep. I'm kidding. <laughs> but really, dude, the mushrooms are just what um, keep going. But you, did you did you have anything else there? I no, just that was basically the end of the literally, anyway. man. Everything you just said, like it comes down to reflecting, being intentional, creating the space, and being real with yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. And 
psilocybin helps with that yeah. uh you oh can do God. it without psilocybin in the face for sure like psilocybin yeah. is the way to like hit you in the face with it whereas like you can definitely do it in your life without it yeah but. that was a, that was a joke it didn't really go as well i felt now like kind of an idiot for cutting you off like <laughs> no, that was, it was at the end anyway but uh yeah you're not wrong i'm fired up we took a little bit of psilocybin this morning and i'm just feeling the flow it feels good um the so if you're if you want, like, if you're able to get real with yourself and be like really self-critical and self-aware, which is so hard because like you don't know what you don't know. So like, yeah. if you, it's like, how do you figure out that you have a blind spot if you can't see it? Well, you, and I think that's the piece where it's like, you have to be open to hearing it and mm-hmm. like not be, and I, I'm, I work on this. I have to work on this because I've realized it multiple times in my life where some like soft point in your sub in your subconscious gets poked yeah triggered gets triggered and you react defensively and then you're like wow i can't accept real deep truths when other people are like pointing them out because it's like close yourself security yeah so it's like how do we find that place of um just kind of like being accept accepting of it and then willing and open to kind of work on it and understand like without, without giving up that internal voice too. Right. Because that is an important voice, but just like understanding where there's room for interpretation of whether you're looking at things logically and from a grounded, realistic perspective, or whether you're letting your insecurities kind of speak louder than, than the truths that are going on. Definitely. So for me, I had some pretty tenuous relationship years with my family my parents especially especially later in high school i was pretty tenuous tenuous nice good word hey you know i got a really deep vocab there (laughs) that's Uh, important anyways yeah the uh the reason i bring that up is because still to this day when i communicate to people i find myself getting triggered emotionally at times because of the sheer number of hours of interactions that just led and escalated to like full on fighting and arguing, uh, only a few times physical fighting. (laughs) I've told a couple of those stories, but mostly just like really intense verbal disputes and long drawn out periods of disagreements. And now I like, it took me years to really analyze and still to this day, that's informing how I show up in disagreements with Mm. people i feel like i actually maybe this is uh it's definitely culturally informed because if you go to other countries they're more capable of disagreeing with each other (laughs) in a healthy way like in ireland you go to a bar in ireland guys are talking politics one guy thinks this the other guy thinks that they're yelling at each other and then they hug it out and they cheers and they go on with their day here in this country you say something that's you know dis in it feels at times and We've talked about how, like, are we really so divided? Because my personal theory is that we're not, but it, yeah. we're meant to believe for a number of intentional reasons. Conditioned to believe. Conditions to believe. This is one condition that I'm trying mm-hmm. to deprogram is like thinking that everything is a disagreement. Mm. Sometimes my, my partner will come to me with something and be like, Kyle, I'm frustrated about this thing. And I'll just be like, no, this and that. And yeah, because you feel like she's coming at it of saying like, this is wrong with you. Yes. And that's not what she's saying. But like you're hearing it that way because of the way that. Yeah. Because of my past. past. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's just my personal story. I think a lot of other people, I don't know. It's like really just taking the time. I have a mentor named Clarence and he said, you've told me about him. He was in his thirties or something. He was in his thirties or forties. I can't remember. He's 80 now. And he said he took like six months every single night and just went out on his balcony with a glass of wine and just sat and thought about his life and reflected on chronologically, like how he got to where he was from Mm. such a young age and really walked through like when I was eight years old, I had this experience and like I grew up his, his mom was, uh, she worked as a dishwasher for Mm -hmm. her whole career, grinded, raised like seven kids, like just, uh, informed a lot of like, he basically took this time to reflect and analyze his life. And from my perspective, it seems to me like that intentional period of reflection and from what he told me, just like changed the trajectory of his life in a really positive direction instead of just living like kind of subject living on the roller coaster of your own emotions, just being this human that's not really in control of your own thoughts. Mm. It's kind of what Alan Watts is talking about. Yeah. Taking control of that shoot. Yeah. And just observing it too, because when you actually observe it, like what Clarence is doing, like there's a, fa- you know, my favorite book, Musashi, that mm-hmm. like a thousand page epic novel. He says the observing eye is strong. The perceiving eye is weak. So it's like just that concept too of like when you're gen- when you're trying to observe the way that you're showing up in the world and like where it came from and why you might be thinking the certain ways that you are like you're kind of just observing it as a third party and you're like oh that makes sense like why I'm like this but mm-hmm. the second that your own perceptions sneak in where it's like super subject to emotion and like those deep rooted insecurities like cuz that's your perception of like the situation right that's how it made you feel and like that's how the lens that you're seeing it through because it's like subject it's happening to you whereas if you're just observing it you're like oh it's like less emotional you know Hmm. so maybe that's one way to decondition or deprogram like if if our angle on this podcast is like how do you go about unraveling these things maybe one way to look at it is to like observe your life as if you were like a third party watching Try to keep try to try to keep your own perspective perceptions mm-hmm. away from it as much as possible. Yeah, man, this ties so much into what I was I've been thinking about so much recently of like, what do we really need in life? Mm. Uh, do we need like how much of these physical things? What type of community do we need? Uh, I've been thinking about it too. just getting into my, you know, later 20s here, uh, almost 28. And not that I'm hustling to have a kid, but at some point I'd like to have a family and now thinking about life from the lens of how do you raise a kid in a proper way? Fortunately, I feel, I mean, dude, I had incredible parents that instilled great values. They read to me from an early age. Mm -hmm. They put, they had, they put me through all sorts of different programs from sports to art to literally I couldn't ask for better parents. And earlier in this conversation, talk about how we had some hard times. So I want to basically, navigate like have a plan for if and when I do have a family that like how like what does that kid need right they need someone to take care of them and I have to work and you know there's only so much time in the day so how do you raise that kid you need a tight-knit community and I feel one of the things that has been culturally or socially conditioned into us as a society is the nuclear family has been relatively dissipated where at least in my household, my family, um, you know, my sister lives in Austin. My brother lived in Boise last year. We're, we're just not all in the same place. My, right. my, uh, cousins are all over the country. Like 
there's not an extended family in one place for a lot of people. You go to college, not in the same town usually as you grow up in oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has put more pressure on families to raise kids by themselves. This is just one example of like trying to unravel the conditioning and really evaluate what it is that what humans need. you need or a child needs or your partner needs. And how do you get that without just like working for more money to buy that? Right. I mean, we're not set up like, and yeah, I guess if you really look at the roots, it's like the, I mean, human created like capitalism. Right. And so that put this like value above all else of like the dollar and like constructing things in a way that um, promote efficiency in ways that can create more monetary abundance, right? And so like we created that for ourselves, but now I feel like we're kind of coming into this age of looking at that. Loud ass military helicopter. They're coming, dude. Dude, They heard us podcasting. The revolution. (laughs) Dude, that's a loud one. That is a loud one. Sounds like we're in Right overhead, yeah. Yeah. Um, (coughs) All right. What were we saying? Uh, Cultural programming, social programming, yeah, what was I just I'd talking about? That, Damn. Just interrupt this guy all day. I feel like it was something. I was talking about, like, what you really need and... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then we were talking about capitalism yeah, and how, like... Capitalism, yeah, Yes. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm not standing here being, like, super against capitalism. Like yeah, I, dude, I, you know, don't whatever. take... That's a whole One other, more step against whole, <laughs> capitalism. I'm coming, I'm coming over <laughs> that's there. That's a whole other Capitalism is the greatest thing that's ever happened <laughs> to humanity as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm sick of people hating on capitalism. Anyway... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, And so, but I think now people are at least like questioning the behaviors that have also unraveled because like, yeah, there are so many great things that capitalism has done for, Mm -hmm. for our globe, for humanity. Let's call it that, you know? Um, Totally. The symptoms. But also now I think, yeah, the symptoms and the behaviors that have like followed. Irresponsible leadership. and All of it. Yes. All of it. In my opinion, John Mackey talks about conscious capitalism. So Mm. instead of like if, if companies are incentivized, I personally believe if customers are informed about what they're putting in their bodies and they're empowered to make decisions based on what they believe, they're going to drive the types of products companies create. Definitely. And so capitalism has this natural way of if there's transparency through the whole process, customers are going to be like, hey, look, this company is putting more effort into getting higher quality products, more love into the products versus this company is just slapping a label on it. Okay, cool. We're going to buy this one for more money. So I do believe in like the natural market, but to your point, like there's been some side effects of like, I wouldn't even say capitalism. It's more like the consumerism, you know, it's the hyper consumerism of like, Everything needs to grow at all times. I think it honestly boils down to the monetary system and the way that the the way that the Federal Reserve loans money to banks, essentially, and mm. the, the way that banks loan money out to businesses and expect continual growth at yeah, all times. That's a huge yeah, for sure. That's a really interesting perspective on it too, just in terms of the root but yeah. cause of like the symptoms and the behaviors. Yeah. But like it's really interesting. But but anyway, like I feel like we've found ourselves in these patterns of life. And in these conditioned, because like what, what came as a result of all of that? Well, then it's like, okay, well we need, you know, adults who can like work certain types of jobs. So then we need an education system that can make, that can kind of like mold brains in a certain type of way and just like create, I mean, you know, there's good things to it too, but like it's all conditioning, all conditioning. So it's like, how can we be 
aware of those things in a way that lets us question the things that aren't working right now, but also keeping a space of like grace for things that have been built and constructed. Cause I feel that way about like the way that we just had that conversation about capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's like all of these things, I don't believe that any of them came from like this place of like serious evil. It's just like people Mm -hmm. trying to create things and create structures around very important things and like societal needs. But it just like, it gets out of hand. I mean, there's just so many, we're so much more expanded and, but then we're also looking back to way that ways that we've got here, mm-hmm. gotten here, I guess. Um, and so it's like this constant push and pull of like, yeah, there are some important structural things that have been built, but like we also need to be evolving along with them and not feeling like they can't be changed because, and I think that's the issue too, is like, right. Just because something's in place doesn't mean that that's the best way to look at things moving forward too, you know? And so like, how do we create that point of friction as less of a point of friction? Because like, that's the conversation that leads to growth, right? Mm. Is like being aware, having open eyes of what's going on in current reality while also giving appreciation and holding space for like the structures that have been built and like not attacking them because they're not keeping up with the, with the progressive world, but instead being like, how can we integrate a forward thinking evolutionary progressive mindset into these structures that have gotten us this far? It's one of your best takes. (laughs) I think dude, like how do we, how do we not shun the valuable history and knowledge that we've acquired in the past? How do you basically like take the values and lessons and knowledge and apply it to this world today that is like different, you know? Yeah. You have to like times have changed. Like, uh, and they will keep changing. Yeah. Slavery is a great example. Like if you were anti-slavery in 1820, like you were, it's a different thing than being anti-slavery in 2022. It, who who's pro slavery in 2022? You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot, it's a lot easier to look back at those. We've talked about this, like looking back at history through the lens of today. Mm-hmm. And so bringing this idea into like, how do we as individuals determine our values, dude, this is kind of why I think like deconditioning to me leads to saying like, this is what I believe in. Yeah. After you like rip away all the like pressure to like think that you need to act this way. And dude, I'm, it's a, it's a lifelong process. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think many people are able to fully decondition. This might be just like monks or they like, can't cause they're in it. Like we're in society set up to make sure that you have to be in it. Cause you got to make money. You got to pay rent. You have bills, you have mm. taxes, you have all of it. Like, and you have to play the game. And so, and it takes a lot, a lot of privilege, a lot of like also like hard work and like dedication to mind expansion and like taking extra time to like learn and read and think like it actually takes time and it takes effort and it takes, I mean, mostly time. And a lot of people don't have that, you know? So it's like, it's, it's tough. But then when you start to see it, you're like, oh shit. I don't think it necessarily takes a ton of time. Like for no. me, there was like a few major like unlocks that like deconditioned sure. or at least like, but what did those unlocks require? Like the buildup to the, like those unlocks don't just happen. True. You know, it takes, True. I don't know. It takes something. Definitely takes like, uh, what Alan Watts is talking about, like 
excessive thinking. It takes not excessive. It takes the opposite of excessive. The observing thinking. eye. Yes. The observing eye. There you go. It's strong. We're on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah. So so deconditioning, man. I think uh, we got a couple more minutes here. Is there anything else we can do to try and evaluate where in the past, like where we're not aligned now, like deconditioning the current stories we're telling ourselves? Or, or, I think um, it's even just. <sighs> Cause like we look back at the past and we're like, Oh, those are ancient structures. Like we can do things so much better now. And like, so we have to leave a little bit of awareness for the fact that people in a hundred years are going to be saying the same thing about us. So it's just like, how can we like what you said, like break it down to the core bare bones of like, what are our values? What is the best way? What are our truths? What is this world that we're living in? Like, you know, it seems like human connection, love, like support community, like purpose, it seems like those things all matter. Um, and I feel like people are growing further away from the fact that like we're so separated and that like, I feel like we're, you know, like, I mean, sure, foreign relations aren't the best everywhere, but I think globally we're coming becoming a lot more aware of the fact that like humanity is what's important and everything else is just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> like tabloid, newsy, like, whatever mm-hmm. and a lot of it's real too granted but um dude yeah. a skeptical mindset came to me too like being a skeptic a little bit you know how they say like in law innocent until proven guilty yeah taking that same approach to like the stories that are being forced down our throat like totally i'm not gonna believe that story until you freaking prove it to me like if you think that i'm gonna spend this much time and energy invested in that story like, I'm not going to do it until I'm... Especially if you have a burning thing in you that's like, I don't think that's right. Or like, it's not to right to shit. me, yeah. you know? Like, and that's important too. That's very important. So take kind of like a little more skeptic mentality on things. Uh, take some time. Give yourself the space to evaluate. Try to get the ego out of it, which mm-hmm. is easier said than done. You're doing these things like you're moving in the right direction for sure. I think you... I'm, yeah, I mean... <sighs> I think if you, but it's hard to do like, but I think if you can even bring awareness to it, like that's a very important, important step mm-hmm. and start questioning just kind of why you think about things the way that you do, you know, cause you'll mm-hmm. find a lot of answers mm-hmm. and you'll find a lot of more, a lot more peace too, because I don't know when you, when you simplify your life in that way, when you take that observing approach, it does become more simple. It does become more about those core values that you're talking about, like those deep beliefs, those deep truths that you like really feel and everything else kind of just feels like fleeting nonsense, you know, like kind of what Alan Watts is talking about when he's saying the chatter Mm -hmm. of your mind, like those daily thoughts, those daily like tabloid news stories, those daily like points of friction, like it doesn't matter. Not letting the fact that we can't photograph it ruin the moment. That's such a great take. I I don't know when that was filmed, but if he saw what's going on in 2022, he'd he'd make a whole video. He killed himself. Did he? That's how he died. Yeah. So that's an interesting, I mean, he's a super interesting, like, he killed himself. I mean, maybe. Yeah. My initial reaction is, did he kill himself? When I hear someone (laughs) killed himself, usually I'm like, dude, (laughs) when super, when people who have real impact on the culture. The guy who figured out how to do the car. Well, the guy who figured out how to drive a car off of water, how to create an engine. That one's interesting. I don't know about that one. Ooh, dude, that one's interesting. I know that there is engines that can function. The dude who figured it out, like. Jesus. Someone, he got. (laughs) 
Yeah, they killed him, dude. They st- yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> one. That's an interesting one if anybody wants to research that. But man, we just we don't know. There's so much to learn, man. And uh, hopefully, we can keep doing it, podcasting about it. Yep. Uh, we'll probably look back on this conversation and be like, dude, we were so conditioned, bro. <laughs> We were way too conditioned. <laughs> we use the word "condition" too much in this podcast. Ultimately, it's just like, how do you, how expand do you expand your vocabulary? <laughs> That's what it's ultimately all about. Yes. <laughs> how do you expand your vocabulary? One, Not one or two more con- words a day, and it adds up over time. <laughs> Give yourself some purpose, you know. Ephemeral is the is the only vocab word. We should that actually I, start I doing that. Uh, vocab word of the day vocab word of the episode we, we gotta start do, with ephemeral let's do a, a segment podcast anyways let's pencil this one uh tell next you gotta time tell people what ephemeral means ephemeral means short-lived short not long-lasting <laughs> and that's a vocab word miss hill from sophomore year in high school there you go uh, taught us that one uh all right till next time you can definitely check us out on the symphony podcast on instagram uh subscribe if you're on Apple or Google or Spotify podcasts, subscribe, share the show. I think sharing with people that you think might resonate with what we're talking about or be able to add to the conversation, maybe be a guest on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to get to uh, get connected with them. So anyways, I'm out of here. Matthew, appreciate you, man. Likewise, dude. Until next time.